Chavis HaTalmidim, page Kuf Lamed Vav. The Rebbe was explaining a very basic Yisait in Chassidus. Of course he's talking, as always, he's talking to the Bacharim, to the, to the Bacharim who are, who are trying to, trying to uh, tap in to the Kaychus of the Talmud of Hashem Tev, that derech of serving Hashem. And the Rebbe was explaining that that unlike what many people think, it's not the world itself it's not the world itself that is, God forbid, that's disgusting or that's depraved or that's horrible and that's seeking to destroy you. It's not the world itself. The world itself that the Bhagavad created, he said, is extremely, extremely beautiful and extremely special. And the problem lies within the individual himself. That there are certain there are certain hergalim that we've become accustomed to, we have habit, we have a habit of seeing things in the way that we shouldn't see them. And he's explaining that if a bakr, if a person trains himself from his earliest years, and that's why he's that's why he's uh, addressing this specifically to bakr. Although later on he does he does remind the adults that it's never too late. And he turns back to the adults and speaks to them as well. But here he's still telling the guys, he's telling he's telling the Bachram that that it doesn't have to be a constant struggle between yourself and the world. If from if from an early age you you um, train yourself, you train yourself what to look at and what not to look at, then it becomes instinctive. It becomes your teva not to see things that are not to see things that are, that are inappropriate, not to pay any attention to those things that that are inappropriate, and and this is the uh, this is the avoda of of being mechanical oneself that has a particular effect upon a young person, and as you get older, it becomes more difficult. As he continues to explain, on the bottom of Kuf Lamidvav. You can come to this godless, to this greatness, not to see what is ugly, not to see what is wrong, even in this world. And even before you've become a big tzaddik. And even though you haven't yet reached a level where your eyes have become completely sanctified and purified, not to see, not to see that which, it, which we shouldn't, which you shouldn't see, still you're able to reach some madrega in the tisragel If from the time that you're uh, a young, from the time that you're a boy, if you develop a hergel, if you become you you become used to this way of looking at things in the in the in the proper way. The Rebbe says it's something which is obvious and it's known that it's a law of nature of how we are in this world. That the mind of a person is constantly is constantly uh, jumping from one tiny little thought to another. Below you, this even though you don't realize that you're thinking about these things, there are certain things that that are that are 
jumping into our consciousness and that uh, and that are flashing through our minds, even though we might not, even though the information might not be registered in an official way in the mind. And here, talking about even when a person is just, even when there's a, when there's an instinctive, even a physical reaction, that a person is is stung by a mosquito, and he naturally, <coughs> instinctively, he lifts up his hands <coughs> to to scratch that place. And it's not that he had to actually go through the thinking process of. Uh, to think to himself, oh, there's a mosquito, and I guess I'm stung, I think I want to scratch myself. He doesn't have to go through that. And that's not only when he's awake. Even though he could be, a person could be sound asleep, he doesn't know at all, he's not conscious at all of what's happening. I mean, he's not awake. He doesn't have any thought about this, about, this, about being stung. But he feels that he's been, he feels this thing. And there is this, this, uh, this thought that he, this, this thought that he's not conscious of that drives him to give, to give a smack to the place where the, where the, where the bug was biting him. That's not my job to explain how this works with the brain. This is the fact. This is the Messias. And it's not only with things that, we're, that, that, that are ingrained in us from the time that we are born. For instance, like this, where you feel a sting. Even things that from, our, from the time that we were young were not necessarily part of our Tava. Even the things that we pick up later on, they, they become what? They become embedded in our minds. That he's able to have machshavus without yediyas. In other words, to think of something without knowing something. Little, little kids... Little kids can fall off, the, fall out of the crib, or fall off the beds. Right? Little, when they're very little, they fall off their beds. As the child grows up, even though the kid moves around all over the place, and you come in uh, every single morning, I go to cover up my my little one. Uh, you know, when I before I leave, and she's like all together. And it's a that's not the way I left it, you know, completely on the side, altogether different place. And it's amazing, it's the same, same sometimes a different bed also, Doc. <laughs> That's true. But in this play, the head's totally on the other side, everything is off. It's a whole, there's a whole milchoma going in Ma'apecha that happened there. And, and what? And still the child doesn't slip off the bed. And it's not that there's a cheshbon. When the child is little, it just rolls right off. As the, as the kid grows up, when the when the child comes to the edge of the of the bed, and suddenly there'll be this reversal, and right before, right right uh, as the kid is on the is on the edge, all of a sudden it'll roll back over and not go over the even though, even though it's not like there's a cheshbon or the child is awake. He certainly is not he's not conscious and he never saw 
whether he's whether he's in the on the edge or the middle of the bed. Yet he feels, he senses this. He feels that he's that 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 you know he's living on the edge. He feels he's in danger of falling. And this this yedia, this yedia, uh enters into his mind. The Khoshavu Pakad and he thought and he and he instructed himself. Shamiata Yoshabi is Gagal and Samitosa it's time to roll back over to the middle of the bed. And he didn't have any kind of a cholum. He didn't he didn't have any kind of a cholum or any kind of a dream that this is happening. And it's a machshava chazaka. It's a pretty strong machshava. Look, there are many people that, that, that with all their machshavas when they're awake, they can't get themselves to move out of bed. Mm-hmm. When you're awake, you're lying there. Say, oh, I can't go. And here, the person is sound asleep. When you're sound asleep, you know it's good to stay put. And yet, and yet, when you feel that you're on the edge, when you feel that there's a danger of falling off the bed, there's this machshava chazaka that you don't even know about that drives you away from danger. Shenias kol gufa that was able to move the entire body, even though the person is sound asleep. And this machshava had the strength to 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 move the entire body. And even if when you're little, this this was not the case. Even though you weren't born this way, we're not born that way. Babies will, babies will, will, will God forbid, roll off the, so the, the... We're not born that way. But, yeah, there's a hergel. We have that hergel. We become accustomed to that and that machshava. And you can't explain just to say that there's some sort of a... That is, that is tam, uh, a physiological thing. There is this, there is this type of uh, awareness that we don't know. It becomes... It becomes part of our flesh, and becomes part of our, uh, of our of the of the nervous system, and it becomes teva. It becomes nature. Nobody has to tell you, watch out. Nobody has to warn you. Nobody has to explain it to you. It becomes something that you know in yourself, and on your own. Whenever you come close to the edge of the bed, when you come, so that 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 awareness, that awareness uh, um, that is is resurrected. Similarly, if in the time, if in the time that you're that you're a young person, you accustom yourself constantly to holy thoughts, to pure thoughts, and to chesidus, and then you engrave, and you you engrave the, these images. Of what of seeing only that which is pure in your heart and your nerves in your ve- in the veins that he says of your eyes, it becomes part of who you are. that you grow up in this way. that you that you can't look at something that's forbidden to look at. You can't look at something like that. Then when you grow up, when you're growing up, even if you get, even if you just get close to something, if you get, if you get near to something that that what, that is forbidden to look at, before you even see it clearly, 
with all, you're at the edge of the bed before you even see it clearly. It's not like you have to look. It's not like you look at you go and you have this you have this this powerful urge to look, and then you have to you have to drag yourself away. No. Even before it's registered with your eyes, with your mind, <coughs> that there's something that's also to look at. There's something forbidden before you. You will automatically, instinctively, turn around, move away. Smaila to the right, to the left. I to put your head, your eyes down towards the ground. And you're not even aware of the fact that you're doing all of this, that you're moving. Just like when you're sleeping, you're not aware that you're moving over. You're not aware. You're not even aware. You're not thinking. You're not conscious of this of this whole thing that's taking place. And you don't even see which is also to you. This only works, of course, if you remain the kind of a person that doesn't stop, wander around the marketplaces and the streets, like the Anshe Chutz, he calls them. The Anshe Chutz, uh, people who, people who, who uh, the people who are, oh, live on the outside. And even if you need to go, even if you need to go outside, because there's something that you have to get, you never ever abandon the old, the yoke of what you yid outside on the street, the same way you are in the yeshiva, the same way when you're sitting in front of the Gemara, when you walk out on the street, you, you know that there's an old, you're not somebody that some hangs around and looks around and walks around. It's not that you have to think, oh, it's also for me to look. It's forbidden to me to look. These kind of thoughts don't usually work too well. In other words, I want to look, I can't look. I told you, I told you a couple of months ago about, about, about Rabbi Shulay Diskin's rabbis. Let me just remind you that, that Rabbi Shulay Diskin, Biskarov, had a, and uh, she was... She was known to be an extremely attractive woman, so the the bochum were afraid to go near her. And uh, and it once happened that Bishila Diskin that he forgot a certain safer at home, and he sent the bochum. He do me a favor, go and tell my rebbitzin it's on the dining room table to get the safer. She says, Oh no, no, he's got to go to the rebbitzin. So so the meister was that uh, so he went there to the he went there to the rebbitzin. And you know, you're not going to do it. The Rebbe comes to the door in all of her glory. And, uh, and this, bacha, this Bacha is looking at, the, at his feet. And he says that the Rav needs whatever the Rashba is on the dining room table. So she said to him, she says, Bacha, is, is it better that you should look at me and think of the floor than look at the floor and think of me? <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> look at, be, a, be the kind of person who could have his head up, but think of the floor. Instead, instead you're looking at the floor and you're thinking about me. So... <clears throat> So he's saying that that no that that that, that 
if a person already, if a person already has a taiva and, and he wants to look, and then it's this whole milchama, it's a whole war. He says it's very, very hard with that. It says the mind, if it's purified from the time that you're young, it doesn't have to get each time into a whole shak of a tie, you look, don't look. We also don't have a shak of a tie, it's just look. Right? But that's the way, when you grow up, not only, not only is it a question of, he's talking about, like we, we, we spoke about this a few weeks ago, he's talking about the streets of Warsaw, uh, or, or uh, in the villages there in Pizetsna, which is right outside of Warsaw, he's talking about the, the, these places. Which, okay, you had some modern people walking around, you know, westernized people. Uh, Warsaw wasn't exactly Paris either back then. Uh, and that's what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about people from the time that they're young. You know, not only, not only in, it's not just when they're awake, but people that they, that they wake up for the television, they go to sleep for the television, they have, they, they have people from the time the baby's born, they put a remote control like in the baby's hand. <laughs> so they, that that, that uh, there's such a hergel to... Here it's the opposite. The hergel from the time... That, that, that a child is in the world is to, is to look at anything he wants to. It's, to. it's not just to... It's to fill his eyes with all kinds of, of images outside of himself. The whole hergel, the whole Indian of television is that the world itself is not enough for you to look at. Not shot that, that you should have a hergel not to see the things that you shouldn't see. Other Rabbi, there's not enough forbidden stuff in, in, in your own line of vision. So you have to buy a machine that could show you things that you can never ever see with your eyes. Things that, the kind of forbidden things that you wouldn't see even on the, even on the streets of New York. So you have to get something that will show you a street. So there's a street from Los Angeles. This is, this is, a, this is inside a, a room someplace in London. Because the, 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 the maras, the, the, the sights that the person sees with his own eyes are not enough anymore. And the whole leading of television is to be margil oneself to look at Dvar Masurim. So instead of, of what the Rebbe is talking about, this program from the time that you're little, that the eye should be completely pure, as the child grows up, it becomes instinctive. It becomes, it becomes intuitive. He doesn't have to have a mulchamah each time, what to look at, what not to look at. It's not a mulchamah. It's not a war. It's not should I or shouldn't I. This is wrong. Um, it's an avera. But there's such a hergel that just the same way that you or I know, even when we're asleep, to move away from the edge of the bed, that this that this bach that he's talking about, and certainly the Rebbe was talking about himself as an adult, intuitively, before he even has to consciously see this thing, he looks away. He doesn't see it. It's not part of his consciousness. By else the mechama is 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 so much more complicated because the whole hergel of growing up is dafke to, to try to see things that are forbidden because the whole bakasha is to look at things that you can't even see with your eyes forget about the street the street is a halbitzar the street is a halbitzar people, people look on television and then television wasn't enough so they have to make videos and the cables and all of this to try to go vaita to see vaita vaita not, not to be stuck in your own it's a miserable thing if you have to be stuck only in New York so you have a television and you have the, and you have the internet so the internet takes you to in one you press the button and the person's all over the world seeing things seeing things that, that, that you should never ever see and we and we don't even we don't even realize what a hergel it's become. Not only is it the, not only is it not a hergel not a hergel to turn away, but it's the, it's, it's a hergel to look at. It's a hergel. It's something which becomes a habit 
to, to look at things that are, that are not appropriate because from the time they were children and they put us in front of a television so you have a hergel davka to look at things beyond your daladamas beyond where you are and who you are to be constantly looking outside of oneself <coughs> and that a person can't even can't, that, a, that, you, that it's hard to get people to even read books anymore unless the books themselves have, have pictures that are forbidden so there are maras, or there are things that, or, or children are forbidden, but, but pictures to fascinate as we get, get older, and, and uh, it becomes, it, the eyes are so accustomed to seeing things that it becomes partially difficult to, to be a person that has inner thoughts and is able to look at things with an inner eye. The whole hergel is to look at things on the outside, to be stimulated by things from the outside, not to be stimulated by things from within oneself. So... So a person nowadays he lives at that place at the edge of the bed and, and, and beyond. So that's the Rebbe saying is Gosh Go beyond these thoughts. You know, if you work on yourself as a child, as a young man, then you don't have to have these machshavas. You don't have to have these thoughts back and forth. Should I look? Should I not look? It's right. It's wrong. What am I going to do? I'm going to get in trouble. It's going to be bad for me. You walk out in the street, you have to remember one thing. You're a Yid. You're a Yid. That's a good thing to carry around with oneself, no? It's not Hafka. You're a Yid. You're not Hafka. Every single minute of your life, you're not Hafka. What you look at, what you're thinking about, it's not Hafka. It's not just halavai. I shouldn't. People say to them, halavai. I shouldn't do the wrong thing. Oh, you're saying I shouldn't think about things. I should try. Oh, wow. You don't get. You don't get punished for that, do you? A Jew is not hefker. What a person thinks about, where a person goes, or the person, what a person looks at, what a person listens, not hefker. And certainly, it's wonderful if. You become, you become used to thinking of a davish al kedusha, of a matter of holiness. When you're outside, when you're walking, that a person should try to. That's why the tzaddikim always said, besides all the other reasons, to memorize mishnayis, to memorize mishnayis, to memorize to memorize uh, tire that when the person is walking outside, right, that he could, that he is able to think things of kedusha. He says, well, I'll call upon him to well, at least think of business. Right, but not something that not to look at the wrong things. And if you have certain sveikas, if you're in doubt, or you don't understand the truth of what I'm telling you, you can speak to some old people and they'll tell you the truth. Speak to Chachamim and they'll tell you. So, you know, why do you have to go interviewing people? Try what I'm telling you. And you'll see yourself, that everything that I'm telling you is strong and powerful and clear. Talmud Vosik. So he says to the boys to the Talmudim, He says, protect and guard the years of youth, your youth. And be careful as you move in more into adolescence to growing up to being a teenager. 
How pleasant is his childhood. And how sweet are those years of being a bacher, a teenager. Those are years that are blessed by Hashem. <coughs> like rivers of honey. Like a river, like a, like a river that goes out of Gan Eden, are the years of youth. It can make you cry because you think of what of, of what you heard. I heard on the radio this morning a pachad. I don't know if you heard this, it's, and I wouldn't say it over. If it wouldn't be if it wouldn't be what the Rebbe's talking about that we're living in such a mitzvah that there was a ten-year-old boy. I heard this morning on the radio there's a ten-year-old boy that sexually assaulted and then murdered a three-year-old boy. A ten-year-old boy sexually assaulted and murdered in a brutal way with a baseball bat. A three-year-old boy and threw him in, threw him in the gutter. Ten-year-old, and they said the radio that he was known to be a, he was known to be a uh, a bully, a bully. I know when, I, when we were kids, there were bullies also. You know, like he kind of pushed you against the wall, or he called you, you know, called your name, and he passed you in the hallway or something. So what? What you know? You could cry the bechalal, the whole years of yaldus of bachrus. This is something that I can't shake off. What I what every time when I see. You, you see the children that the children can't be children anymore that the parents don't give them a chance to be children it's not the kids fault the most natural thing for a child is to be a child the parents don't give a chance and even when the parents want to even when the parents are trying so the veld you know what, what's going on in the world and the children the children can't be children but those children that are those children that are placed in front of the television set and are given these these so then it's, it's Besides everything else that has to do with Yiddishkeit and halacha and everything, it's just just being a simple child, being an innocent child that's that's gone. And and, uh, and you know, when I look at you, look at if you, if you see like uh, you know a picture of of, uh, of the 1920s, the 1930s, the world was not perfect then, certainly not. But children were children. Children played the games that children are supposed to play. Children spoke about things that that kids are supposed to talk about. You have kids nowadays, look, kids 11, 10, 11, 12, they talk about things, one of the things that, that, that we never spoke about as adults. So kids are not kids anymore. Plus, they're not children. You look in their faces, they're not children anymore. All of that sweetness and innocence, you, you, you don't see it. And you, you see, you know, occasionally you see like a kid, like a little Yushalmi, or you see a little Hasidish kid, uh, you know, from, from Williamsburg, that, 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 or wherever it is, that still, still is kept very, very covered, that he hasn't seen things from the outside, and you see that old sweetness, that innocence. But that's, but that's also, it also makes me sad because, you know, it's not, nowadays, even for those children, it's, it's, it's not, it's just a matter of time. It's better, Baruch Hashem, than, than, than that's taking place in general in the world, but how long can, how long can, they, can it be held on to this? It's, it's, it's a very, it's a, it's, a, it's a tragic thing what's happened to children. It's a tragic thing. So he's saying these are the sweetest years of a person's life. Those years of of youth give life and 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 nourishment to the person throughout the rest of his life. Gamad Gamad Seva till old till his old age. The Lashada Yichye. He lives from the from the what from the from the moistness, the 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 
the richness and the sweetness of, of, of his youth, of the younger years. So the kids don't have that. They're, they're cynical when they're little, and then they become super cynical when they're old. They're, they have, they're filled with tumor when they're, when they're little children, and as they get old, they become dirty old men. And from the life force and the energy, the person grows from all that he had as a child, and that's the basis of his life as, as he grows older, and he, and he grows with that. So even when the body grows old, and it's weakened, the body becomes weak. Still the, still the fire of his youth is intact. We see tzaddikim even when they're older like little children. Even though they're brilliant, they're as innocent as little children. And that fire of youth is still there. And the warmth, and b'chumi yishcha means that even in old age, the body is warmed by what? By the fire of youth. Of when, of when you were a kid and the pureness and the sweetness of your childhood and with the fire it's inflamed even, as, even though the body is old and weak <coughs> what are the memories that children have now? what point of reference do, we, do the people have now as old people what point of reference do they have to a time that was completely sweet completely innocent and pure? What point of reference is there? Yeah, you have little girls that are that are dressing that are, that are dressing like the dressing like the that see on the television, and you have little boys that they think that that they that they're uh, each one thinks that he's that he's uh, either this rock star or this football player, whatever it is. And it's not just like when we were kids; we also thought we were football players. But it's only as far as football went. Okay. So every one of us, you know, like so, you, you know, in the basketball court, you thought you—I don't know if you ever heard of these names—but you thought you were like Walt Frazier, you know. When you were on the basketball court, you went out there by yourself, you know, Sunday morning, ten o'clock, went out to the court, you took some shots, and you said, "Frazier from the line, jumps, hits, scores." You know, everybody was a little Walt Frazier. Everybody was a Monroe or Willis Reed, whoever your players were, Senator Bradley, <laughs> whoever you were. But that's. That's only as far as that's only as far as basketball. If you would have said to me, "Hey, Mush, you really want to be Willis Reed?" I said, "Willis Reed, What is Willis Reed? I want to shoot like Willis Reed. I want to be able to get a rebound like him. I want to hit a ball like Mantle. I don't want to be like Mantle. I just want to hit a ball like Mantle. I don't. I mean, I might try to, you know, like it, it looks, you know, you, like when you get up to bat, you get up to bat, especially as a lefty. My mantle switch hitter, as you remember, but he was better lefty. So you get up to bat, you know, you want to feel like your mantle is the bottom of the ninth, two outs, your team is down by three, bases loaded, three and two count, a couple of fouls, foul balls, there it goes! You're the hero, Givaldi. But, but I don't want to be Mickey Mantle, he's, you know, he's a drunk, you know, he's no good. <laughs> I, don't want to be, I don't want to be Mickey Mantle, I just want to play like Mantle. But that's not, that, those borders that separate between playing like and being... Those have disappeared a long time ago. Those are gone. We just look how kids in America dress. 
Look how you get even Jewish kids in yeshiva that kind of they go to yeshiva. You see that they wear pants. Who are they dressing like? These these pants that are slipping off, and the whole bravado and how and how they walk. We spoke with this many times. They're not they're not. It's no longer being impressed with how with how the with how the, that chaver you know is able to how they're able to handle themselves in a basketball court. It's long beyond that. It's gone way beyond that. It's identifying them. It's identifying this. So, then, so what point of reference do the children have? When they're out on the street, they're living in that world. When they're in the house, they turn on the television, invite they're living even in a place that's worse than what they saw on the street. So then when they grow up, what sweetness, what innocence do they refer to? What they see with, this, with the violence, and they see with all the, they see the sex, and they see television, all these surahs, all these demuyas, that they see, that they that they've seen what a child has seen by the time he's 12, 13, 14 years old. If the, if you do a crack open the head and empty out all the machshavas, it, it would be shocking. So they don't even have that. When we were growing up, uh, things were uh, things were starting to turn around. But certainly, people that grew up in the 20s, the 30s, they have a point of reference of when things were nice and people. Even though people certainly did things, but they did things in their own world privately. It wasn't like it was. It wasn't like it was glorified and was considered to be beautiful. It was. It was not this. A, he's a, a maneuver. He does things, and that's all. But, but not that it's something that you make a television series about, or that or that becomes a novel. And people, but people lived in it with a tamimus. There was a sweetness. There was a tamimus. You look back to pictures of the '60s. There was a tamimus in the air. The air. There was a tamimus in the air. And children were children. They were sweet. They were sweet. Children were sweet. You walk now. You see, like they're like thugs. Not that they're bad people, but they're not, there's no chance. Like thugs. Like the the kind of a crudeness and anger and all of that. So then, what what nurtures them, and what nourishes them, and what and what gives them kaiches during the years of during the years to come? Because the, mo- because the most natural thing is for a person to, to, to build his life upon those younger years. And if the younger years are filled with that, then what's going to be in his older age? And if a child grows up in a house, God forbid, where, they, where in the house there are things that are inappropriate, things that are said, where there are milchamas, there are things, he grows up with these, with these images of milchama, of, of unhappiness. So he says, The Rebbe says, Who's a fool to throw these things, these gifts away? The gift of youth. Who's a fool that would throw them away? There's nothing as precious as this. So why would somebody throw it away? For me, I'm a sugar. And who's a meshugger there? Only a meshugger will cut himself off from the source of life and, to, and, and to, to close up, to shut up, and to make filthy and to, to, to close completely. The Makar Chaim, his source of, of life that he's going to have till he's 120, what he needs to live on. His source of life is, is what from the time that he's a child. Now he says, I'm not saying I'm not saying that if that somebody who has not from his youth, from his younger years, has not become what uh, has not become accustomed to and hasn't and hasn't made himself accustomed to this type of uh, this type of a uh, life. 
somebody who, when he was young, did not pull himself from under this machselus um, like a like a uh, uh, something that's like like a uh, not a blanket but a, 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 a like, like some sort of a, some sort of a covering of straw and who hasn't lifted himself up from the pile of dirt that covers him, that I'm not saying that if you haven't done all of this when you're a kid, that it's impossible later on when you're an adult. I'm not saying that. God forbid, I'm not saying that you can't change when you're older. Certainly, the gates of Shemaim are open for every year. <coughs> but you have to be very, very determined. You have to strengthen yourself very much. For the tremendous, tremendous burden, which he, of course, will describe as so much harder when you're older. The Mishnah that, that we spoke about before that says, To teach an old person, what is he compared to? Someone who's teaching an older person. It's like writing on something, a paper that's been erased many times. It's hard for the letters to stay anymore on that paper. If I would be saying that, then I would be telling you, God forbid, that the door has been shut in front of Balichuva. Who are trying to come back to the truth of Torah in their older years? Of course, you can always change. But there's a big difference, the Rebbe says, as far as how much work it'll take. And now that you're older, you have less energy than when you were younger, and the work is much more work to change when you're older. When you're older and you come to learn Torah and to serve Hashem in this way of Chasidus. You have to double up the Avaida ten times, a hundred times. And even more. Even more. From the child who has to get up and learn. From the child who gets up gets up to learn. <coughs> That's he brings in the, in the footnote from the Shemani Prophet from the Rambam. A person who even from the younger years has habits of whatever, of laziness, of not learning properly, of not putting his kaychus in, he has to turn his whole, he has to turn his whole way around. He's Yosef Avoid Alavadoso, tremendous, tremendous Avoid. Yosef Avoid Alavadoso takes a tremendous, tremendous effort. Mashaini came when you're a child. When you're a child and you, and you get into that habit. If a person, if a person who as a child, his parents let him sleep until whatever, 8, 9 o'clock, Sunday, he sleeps until 11 o'clock. Even on a simple thing like that, I'm not even talking about a ruchni, it's just on a stupid thing like that, about when to get up in the morning. If a person, your whole life you could struggle with that. If when you were a kid you were sleeping Sunday, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and you're, you're a person that got 12 hours, you can spend the rest of your life telling everybody you need 12 hours of sleep. When you come to Shram, they said you needed 6. That's a lot of time every single day. And add it up in a week, add it up in a month, add it up in a year. How you could have been learning, what you could have been doing during that, during that time. And you've been telling everybody your whole life, no, I'm, I have a certain nature. The doctor told me I have to have 12 hours of sleep. The doctor told you. You went to a sleep specialist. <clears throat> and he told you that you have to have 12 hours of sleep or you're going to die. So you go your whole life, you get 12 hours of sleep. And it's not true. You feel that if you don't sleep enough, you feel like you can't... You know, you, well, these hergalim, 
these things that from the time that you from the time that a, that a person is young that he sleeps. I, and I told this to you before. My father never, never let me sleep past six o'clock in the morning, ever, on a Sunday either. No such thing. The only the thing was on a on a Shabbos and a Yontif. And then by, already by 7.30 my father was already very impatient and he would wake me up. He said, it's already enough. But he had Rahmanis. So I remember hearing my mother say, Lazim. <laughs> you know, my father said, what? 7.30? My father's already been up Shabbos since 5 o'clock. And he still, he still does that, my father. Every Shabbos, he dives in Ashkama. My father dives in Ashkama. And he's up 5 o'clock. He's saying, tell him and he has his Seder. Every Shabbos morning. When I was a kid, my mother would say, let him, leave him a little bit. <laughs> and, and, and my father let me. He let me. And he was getting impatient. My father felt it was right like the afternoon. He's still sleeping. Seven thirty on a regular day, or on a Sunday morning, six o'clock. I minions not till. It was only in the later years that they started to have in the uh, seven thirty the shul. The minion was eight o'clock on Sunday. We lived across the street from the shul. It was eight o'clock, six o'clock. So he said, "That like what do you know? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> no answer. Just you know." Get going. <laughs> and get up. Get, get dressed. What are you doing? <clears throat> and I, and I, I remember feeling that I resented it because my sister was allowed to sleep. There was a sheer also was my sister. Because she wanted to go to like 10 o'clock. You know, that was like a thing that, you know, didn't work. But but she got like until... She would, she would be able to go until 9, you know, 8.39 on a Sunday. But I wasn't allowed to do that. No such thing. So I, I, I said to my father... I, I remember my father would sometimes be out... You know, in the morning, like, he would go out to look at the... My father loves gardening. He would go out to, like, see, you know, how everything's doing out there. And I remember, it would be, like, still dark. And on a Sunday morning, and, and, and my father's old son would be by my window. He'd be knocking. <laughs> and I'd see him with that cap. I'd look up, and i go, I can't believe it. That Sunday morning, and I got... I was like, I was with the Hevel last night. It's, 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 I, went, I came back at 3 o'clock. He said, my father with a cap, and he's, <laughs> it's still dark out. You're making the rounds. Vaidzikna, and to this day, it's 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 it's, it's Doesn't mean anything to me. To 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 be able to sleep, it doesn't mean anything. And 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 people that have a hair go from the time that they're young. And nowadays they would tell you that this, this, this would cause a psychological disorder and it's traumatizing the child. If you imagine do that to your kid nowadays, get up, you know, when it's still dark and you do this, they'll, they'll, they'll take you in handcuffs. They'll take you away. You're an abusive father. Right? They'll take you away in handcuffs. And the kid is traumatized the rest of his life. He imagines his monsters by his window. <laughs> and he can't, you know, he's... He, he, he wakes up in the middle of the night. He has terrible dreams and he has to have medication and, you know... So what are you supposed to do? Because the doctor says that you know your kid needs to sleep till your kid needs to have ten hours of sleep and you're destroying his life. Hold on, so I can't. My father saved my life, and 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 this is this is uh, and in those days you didn't have to explain. It was another person that you know your father loves and he wants his best for you. You know you didn't always like it, but he, but you believed in them. <clears throat> but now from the time that their children, there's also loss of innocence. That everybody, even kids, are skeptical. What's my father's? What's motivating my father? I spoke about this a few months ago on the Moshe Shabbos. What exactly is... What's his cheshman? What, what does he want? He wants what's best for you. That doesn't work anymore. To tell a kid. The kid grows up with Sveik is... He doesn't trust his... He's taught from the beginning. Everything that's on television also is teaching children not to trust anybody. The whole Indian of television is not to trust anybody. When they're watching... Anytime they watch a mystery, the whole Indian is that it turns out exactly the opposite of what you thought it was going to be. 
So they figured, I guess my father and mother are also a mystery. <laughs> my parents are a mystery. I'm living in a mystery. So the Mela, the whole, the whole most of a child, the whole way he's thinking is that someone's out there to get me, someone's tricking me, there's deception. There's deception, something is wrong. <coughs> so, the, so the Rebbe's explaining that, that to change these habits when you're old, to change these habits when you're older, you can, everybody can, but it's much, much, much harder when you're old to change these habits. A person who's used to sleeping 10 hours and then he wants to change and sleep, he wants to sleep even 9 hours or 8 hours. He feels it so every single time. It's a milchama. And for years and years and years, it's a milchama. To come to shul, not to go to shul, to get up, to not. It's a milchama, it's a constant milchama. <coughs> Shabbos morning, people sleep, what? Come to shul 9.30, quarter to 10, what? So they had a hard week. How come the people that had a hard week, that had harder weeks, our fathers and grandfathers had harder weeks than we had? And, and, and how come they're able to, to go diving at 7 o'clock in the morning to be if they want to? Be at 8 o'clock in the morning. Still, most places, they're still diving Shabbos morning. Most places. Most places. Shabbos morning, I get up a half hour later. That's the, that's the treat. And even then, I think my father would be upset with me. Don't tell him. <laughs> I get up a half hour later, Shabbos. Zehu. No, no, we need 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. It's not even shot. I can't. I can't. It's a hair from the time that you're a kid. That was the hergel that, 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 that was given to me. Whether I wanted it, I didn't want it, but something was given to me. And, and, and it's a hergel. And you know that to change anything, to change anything, when you're older, is a mulchama atzuma. It's a mulchama atzuma. He says, PSR Pimei, if I yoisim ashe yel damaskim lom, the kevin shabab and the sena harabim, afla vaydakala bakaydish, ain't kala damakdish atzmala, bachal kaychaysev. So we know that we're living in such a time, he says, because of our sins, even to avoid even a kalabaka, even something, a little thing in holiness to improve, to try to say one capital tale a day, to try to learn one Mishnah a day, to make any improvement, any change, even the smallest change, is what? It's so hard. And it's and and it's so hard to give over all your kaychas, just to take on one new thing, one new thing. One more mission a day. One kipiltatilim a day. Whatever, something new. It, you have to use all of your kaychas, and even then, and even then, it's hard to succeed. In the culture, came la avoid achi kveide vachi kosher. I mean, culture came, and how much more so? When it comes what? La avoid achi kveide vachi kosher, when it comes to things that are really taka difficult, that are very difficult. If you don't, what? If you don't get up and if you don't work on these things and develop these habits when you're young, now in your youth, it's almost certain you're not going to come to these madrigas. It's almost certain. He's not saying, God forbid that you can't, but it's almost certain you're not going to come to these madrigas. You make slight improvements, and even and even when you even to conquer a tiny little piece of territory is going to be with unbelievable, unbelievable fighting. To be able to go a little bit further is unbelievable fighting. But but when you if when you're young if when you're young you you develop these you develop these habits of kedusha 
and you and you become a person of kedusha, so then that will that will sustain you throughout your life. It'll keep you. It'll sustain you throughout your life. And not only your neshamas, but the neshamas of all Yisrael, Hanavim, Vatsadikim, Minhaolam, Vatsadikim, the Nevim, the prophets, the Tsadikim, Aleichim, Tisabelna. He says, if you don't do this, if you don't begin to work on these things, it's not only that your own neshamas are mourning the loss of potential, your own souls are in a state of mourning. He says, but what? But all the tzaddikim, all the neviim, from this generation and the other generation, from the other world, that they all see us and they all know what's going on. Every single tzaddik, every single navi is mourning. Is mourning. Is in a state of mourning if you don't do this, if you don't bring out your potential. And all the tzaddikim and the neviim are crying over your churban. Over what? Over, over the destruction of your life. And, the ma- and certainly the master of all souls, of all neshamas, is saddened, is in a state of mourning, because of your laziness, because of your negligence. And you're angering him with your laziness. Because if your soul is darkened, it causes a darkness in all worlds. For Iran and the light of your soul, if your if your neshama is ignited, or kulam, it gives light to all worlds. and there's more. That even a person who gives himself over completely to Chassidus, to the ways of Chassidus in his old years. In other words, he's, he, as an older person, turned himself around and mamish, put in all of his kaychas, and he worked very, very hard to change as an older person. Mikol Malkam, he says, there's another point here. Mikol Malkam, Kufaisa Vashar Tem what about all of those years of his life? Not that there's going to be any time in Shemayim. You do tshuva, okay, tshuva works, Hashem Baruch forgives you, everything is gewaldic. But the Rebbe says, but what about all of those years? All of those years. Before you began, you have read Hashem. All of those years are missing from your life. You did shuvah hin and a but they're missing from your life. <coughs> All of those years. It, listen, if tonight, tonight, Pasha Shmini, if you're not going to spend tonight a few hours, Pikadusha B'Tahar, being Mavis Sadra, keep being Mamish embedded, what, in the Pasha's Shavuah, and looking through the Mepharshim, and working through different Inyadim and Torah and Chesidus and Avayda, that's lost. That's lost. So maybe next year you will. Maybe Pashas, maybe Pashas Tazriya, you will. Or Pashas Shemini, this Pashas Shemini, Tavshin Samach Gimel, tonight. That's Fafalm. What's it going to be again tonight? It's going to be not a, a, a stickle fish and a piece of, and a, some soup, a piece of chicken. <coughs> That's it. Again, 
to strengthen yourself, to try to put in, to try to put in a few hours of learning, to put in a few hours until you last koyach to put in something, to keep yourself awake, to try to put in some learning. <laughs> or if it's hard for you because you're exhausted, then at least to to try it, that there should be a kriyas that you should be able to get up, uh, go to sleep. All right, you have to go to sleep Shabbos night. Go to sleep nine o'clock, nine thirty if you can't. There's some people that push it, they, they can't. So then what? Then at least to get up at five thirty, six o'clock Shabbos morning, before davening, davening, davening. Okay, daven hashkama. You daven, but uh, most people don't. So if you daven hashkama, fine. And you have time afterwards. If you daven, if you daven or whatever it is, wherever you, uh, your minion is, you daven eight thirty, quarter to nine, nine, till till eight thirty, till a quarter to nine. You could, you could learn the, the the beginning of the day, and and you can't have time. that children of this and this one's that. The whole world is a tumult. It's quiet. It's a mechayeh. <coughs> it's a mechayeh. I, I, I'm here. I don't want to give away my secrets. I don't want anybody bothering me. But, I mean, I love you, but I don't want anybody. Bothering me. I'm here Shabbos morning. Usually six thirty. I'm here in the room. That's quiet. You could, you could, a person, a person can put in two, two and a half, three hours. Three hours stack. Even if it's hard for you at night and you can't keep your eyes open. But to put in two, three hours before davening, and then you come to a nishmas kolchai, you come to a you come to a keladna nishmas kolchai, you come with a, with a, with, a, with two or three hours of, of strong learning. It's a different Shabbos, and you can still have a nap after. You can have a nap after lunch. It's a different Shabbos. Instead of what happens, a person comes, he, he, he gets up, he gets up, you know, and his, his wife is saying, Honey, honey, shul, honey, shul, the children, they see you. Honey, shul. person gets up, well, 9 o'clock, oh boy, he's straightening at his thighs, you know, he's half asleep, he, he comes to shul, and they're, they're, they're holding already by, by, by nishmas, by keladin, and he's, and he's still straightening at his thigh and trying to get himself adjusted. Well, the show's Shabbos. So, enechanami, so, next Shabbos could be different. But it's chaval. This Shabbos Pashashini. Two, three hours will call a tonight, tomorrow morning, to sit and to learn, and you can't say, I don't know how to learn. What do you mean you don't know how to learn? You go to the Swami store, you could come home with, with five thousand dollars of climb of material. Nobody could say now that they can't learn. Everybody could learn. Everybody. Come home. You, you, you have a safer, you go through that year. This year I'm going to learn Sforno. This year I'm going to learn Ramban. This year this is good. I'm going to learn Archaim HaKadosh. Archaim HaKadosh, you stay up on Friday night. Archaim HaKadosh, it's a different Shabbos. Shabbos morning and Archaim HaKadosh, a different Shabbos, a different Shabbos. So how many years are we going to go like this? Not Shabbos, not Shabbos. Making excuses and what? And I had a hard week, a hard week. So not a hard week, every week is hard. So it's going to be... So okay, you rest a little bit. And you get up. Which Sadiq was I just was I reading about a certain Sadiq? Oh yeah, if you saw Yanka Fish in that book, you know the dying from Yishalam, he died two weeks ago. It was a Goyen Island. If you saw Yanka Fish, a Goyen Island. So he he never napped on he never napped in the afternoons. Never took a nap. He used to get his seder was four o'clock in the morning till till twelve o'clock, one o'clock the next morning. He slept for three hours till throughout all the old years. So, that, so somebody finally said, somebody asked him, he said, Rabbi, maybe it would be good to take a little bit, you know, during the day, 45 minutes, an hour. So he says, 
He says, I'm going to have time to sleep on Harazason. <laughs> Plenty of time by Harazason, I'm going to be sleeping. You know. <laughs> I just read this in El Machsiz, the magazine. El Machsiz is a very nice magazine. It has, it has this uh, past month on, on the dying fisher. He says, I have time by Harazason. Do you know that's like That's how we lived this whole life. Whole life like that. Shabbos, what's a Shabbos? During the week, not to take a nap, even as an old person. Never. So the Rebbe is saying here, even though of course Hashem forgives you, you can turn your life around and you can start, you can start to change, even though it's very, very hard. He said, but call you may chayev But what about all the think tonight about how many archives you can do, how many swans, how many rambans, how many kedushas levies, how many nine elements, whatever you like, whatever you want. But how many psukim, how many rashis, how many? It's not going to be tonight. So it'll be tomorrow morning then, right? <laughs> and it's not going to be tomorrow morning. So then what? All right, let's try tazria. So shmini safal. Shmini tafshin samach gimel. Finish, gone. That's it. It'll never be again. Shmini Tavshin Samach Gimel is only today. Tonight, tomorrow morning. That's it. Shmini Tavshin Samach Gimel. That's it. That's all there is. That's all we have. And in Shemaim, that's, that's, that's the Rishim. That's what, it's, that's what it means. It's Shabbos. Shmini Tavshin Samach Gimel that the Baruch Shalom gave you and me. This Shabbos that we should be able to be these Jews and to be able to sit and to learn. So even though you could ask Hashem to forgive you and next week will be better, but what about Shemini Toshin Samach Gimel? And it's a tragedy. That's what the Rebbe is saying. So now you're thinking like this. He's saying to the boys like this. Oh, so you're only going to start your chasidus. So you think, so what? There are a lot of, there are a lot of people that only became chasidim later in life. For instance, he says, you have Sadiqim that they only, you know, the Rebbe Baruch, other people, whatever, they only started that Yechsidus. They started later on. They started later on. So he says, listen, the Balshantav himself, whatever, we don't know. So he says, you have to realize, that when they were, that those people, that it could be that they only took on certain things in the Dech of Balshantav, in the, uh, in the Dech of Balshantav, they only took it on later in life, but they would, they, they, were, they were amazing people and they were kids too. They were big Oiv de Hashem. They were, it wasn't Al-Darach Achsidus. But they were Oiv de Hashem. They were unbelievable Jews. Later on, they, 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 they hooked up for the Darach Hashem but they were unbelievable Jews. So do you think before, you know, before Absolvik became, before Absolvik met the, the Yishbitzer, before the, the Baltani met the Mizitra Magin. So they were, it wasn't Al-Darach Achsidus. They would have been fine Jews, Benkach or Benkach. Right? I'm talking about Latani, these people. So they weren't raised in, in Hasidus. But they were Sadiqah, from the time that they were young people, they were, they were working on themselves. Beyond our understanding, and even before they, they came to the Baal Shem even before they came to that Mahalach, they, they, they were serving Hashem in a way which was beyond time and beyond Teva completely. Even though the Derech Achsidus was only something that came later. They had, they had all their younger years were spent working hard. Oh. 
But I'm serious. Starts really. It's not. It's going to. He's starting to explain a different. I mean, it's the same mahalach, but it's, it's a different. He's moving into a different Indian. So we'll continue with Shemir next week.